let's get shipwrecked. Welcome back to Shipwrecked. My name is Mariah Ship, and I'm on a mission to build a community like no other. I believe we all have life stories that need to be, want to be, or should be shared, and this is the platform just to do it. Life can be a wreck sometimes, but sharing your own personal experience may help you or another individual through it. On this podcast, I plan on shedding light on topics that aren't always talked about, but should be. As I mentioned before, my last name is Ship. Yes, like the boat. So I felt Shipwrecked was a fitting name for a podcast like mine. On today's episode, I plan on talking about trauma and how it comes in waves and how that has affected me and the things that I have personally been through. It's not going to be full of flowers and butterflies, so buckle in and let's get shipwrecked. I wanted to start this podcast off by thanking every single person that has reached out to me, every person that has given my podcast a listen. It means the absolute world to me. I just really hope that I could reach the audience that I'm searching for. And I just really honestly appreciate all of the support that everybody has given me so far. It is scary to just be vulnerable with the entire world and to post this on the internet and let everybody know the trauma that I've been through. A lot of people try to keep it all bottled in and not talk about it, but if anybody who genuinely knows me, they know that I'm an open book and I'm more than happy to share any experience that I've been through. And this is the perfect outlet for that. So I reached out to one of my friends. Her name is Taylor. Shout out, Tay. We love you. Uh, she, I knew she would give me some great insight and would be completely upfront and honest with me. And I asked her what she thought about the podcast. And she said it was wonderful, but she felt that I kind of downplayed my situation. And she's completely 100% right. I had stated how I was choked out, but I didn't want to say strangled because that sounded dramatic, but it's not dramatic. And she's completely right. Being strangled is the correct term. I was strangled and I was left unconscious and my life was on the line. And this was more than one time that my life was on the line. And it's a serious situation. And I know others out there that are listening, they may have gone through something similar. And I never want to downplay domestic violence because it shouldn't be downplayed whatsoever. But I know why I downplayed it. And that's because it's just a coping mechanism for me. It's easier to laugh and joke about something than to take it completely serious and like feel all those feelings at the same time as you're telling the entire world your situation. So I never meant to downplay it. It is very serious. And for those of you listening, you're not alone. And if your coping mechanism is different than mine, then that's okay as well. So let's get into the episode. Today, I wanted to talk about the effects of trauma and how they come in waves but I also wanted to talk about the cycle of abuse and how I feel that everybody is born a good person, but they just do bad things. And that's due to the environment that they grew up in. Um, 
I don't know if any of you know this, but I have a strong passion for writing. I created a blog post back in 2020, and this was a great outlet for me to really understand my thought process and understand what I was going through during that time and in hopes that it would reach to the correct audience and it would help another individual or even gain a friendship that was dealing with domestic abuse. So I actually wanted to read one of my blog posts that is related to today's episode, and it's about trauma, and this one is called Waves. When I was a kid, I remember running in the ocean and getting wiped out by the rush of the waves, tumbling me down, and as I'm about to get up, I get knocked over again. Until I finally figured out swimming under the wave is what stops me from getting bulldozed over. Waves, the best way to describe how trauma has affected me. Sometimes they're large and come crashing down on you unexpectedly. Other times they're petite and manageable. You just don't know which one you're going to get when you come up for a breath. The unpredictability of it all can be a bit nerve-wracking, but how you handle it is the only control you may feel when trauma comes waving in. Just like waves, you have to go right through it, hitting each obstacle one breath at a time. One day you're craving someone, thinking they're the only person that can make you feel better. You're in a state of confusion, not knowing if it's the grief process or if you still care. It's like a tug of war with your thoughts. You can never come to a final answer. And that right there is where my anxiety comes into play, the frustration of my own uncertainty. The next day, I could not even have a thought of my near-distant craving. They may not even pass my mind. Even the thought of losing them forever doesn't have pain anymore. My emotions are scattered everywhere, but I'm grateful for it. It's allowing me to get back to normal, understanding why people do the things they do, knowing their true intentions without having them say a word. It's kind of beautiful, learning so much about new individuals just by their own actions. You have to pay attention, then listen to their words. Something I used to struggle with and never understood the value of until now. Gosh, how important how important it is to read body language, pay attention to their cues. That could have saved me a long time ago if I knew what I knew now. It's important to identify your trauma, know what triggers it, what to do when it sneaks up on you, where to move forward when it's all said and done. I'm still in the process of doing this, but I feel like I have a good reign on it. Negative things may happen to you, the worst of the worst, but I believe there's light in any situation you may find yourself in. With mine, I was in an abusive relationship mentally and physically, beaten down in all aspects. I was stripped from my happiness and confidence away in a blink of an eye. I became terrified of everything, ranging from what others think of me, what I thought of myself, flinching whenever someone came near me. That is such a crazy, wild way to live. What an effect that truly had on me. As leaving the relationship, I could have had hatred on it all, angry with the world, left wondering what I did to deserve that kind of mistreatment. But I realized my self-worth. I saw how love shouldn't be. I learned what to search for in a partner. I became closer to God, seeing the greatness he has brought to me, the friendships I've created if it weren't for my past experiences, the beauty of this life and the value it holds. Perception is key, and how you perceive the things that are handed to you will determine your future. As oddly as it may sound, I'm grateful for trauma. It's a beautiful thing that gives us the best lessons in life. 
always turn a negative into a positive. I remember writing this post back in 2020. I was in the middle of the court process and I was stuck in a state of confusion with my own feelings. I had still loved parts of him, but I was so angry with what had happened to me and I just could not understand my feelings in that moment. And I realized I was transitioning out of the cycle of abuse and going through the grief process. So for those of you that don't know what the cycle of abuse is, there's four different phases. So the first phase is tension. The second is abuse. The third is reconciliation. And the, th- the fourth is honeymoon stage. So basically how this works is you are in the tension stage and you are like walking on eggshells. You have this sense of feeling that something is going to happen, but you do not know when and you don't know what it's going to be. So like I said, walking on eggshells, you are full of anxiety and you're just waiting, anticipating for this to happen. And then the second phase hits which is abuse. So, and that could be like something small. That could be, you know, mental abuse or they say one comment and it just blows up into everything Um, or they physically hit you. It can be whatever. And so it causes this huge scene and it causes you guys to fight and for you to be hurt either mentally or physically. And then you hit the third phase. And this phase is the reconciliation phase. And this is where he starts to love bomb you and realize like, oh, I'm so sorry. That will never happen again. Like this won't happen again. I promise. Like, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to. I acted out of anger. And you're going to believe them. 100% you're going to believe them because you love them. You care for them. And, you know, in relationships, people make mistakes. That is my thought process. And I'm sure that is a lot of other individuals as well. And what's so crazy about this phase is when you're in this phase, your body, it triggers your body to release these hormones. And these hormones are dopamine and oxytocin. And these hormones are actually become addictive to your body. And so you become addicted to this person. And that is one way how you get stuck in this cycle of abuse And so then you hit the fourth phase, which is the honeymoon phase. This is where everything is peachy. Everything is so great. And you're thinking, okay, yeah, like they apologize. It'll never happen again. Like we are all good. And then it happens. And then you feel the tension. And then the abuse comes. And the reconciliation. And then honeymoon phase. And it's just a cycle. And you just go in this huge cycle over and over and over again. And when those hormones are released, you become addicted to all of it. And it's really, really hard to actually leave. And I was actually talking to my therapist about this today and trying to really understand the root of all of this. And I believe that everyone is born good and it's how they're raised and what they've been through. And that's how they give out the bad things. So when I was going through my abusive relationship, I never thought he was a bad person. I always thought that he was just doing bad things. 
And the more he opened up to me, like I found out about his past and how he grew up in an abusive relationship. Like his parents were abusive with one another and he witnessed how awful his dad was to his mom. And as a kid, he always wanted to side with his dad, but he wanted to side with his mom too. I mean, you're torn, you know, and I'm not going to speak on his behalf or anything of that sort, but I could see the struggle that he was having with what he grew up in and with what environment he was handed. And so that gave me an excuse to accept the abuse that I was getting from him. And he always was, would always say, like, I don't want to be like my dad. I don't want to be like him. But subconsciously he was at the end of the day because that's what he knew. That's how he knew to have a loving relationship. That's what he thought love was in that moment. And I never thought he was a bad person. He just did bad things. But it got to a point where it's like, okay, you can recognize that this happened in your life. You can recognize that that's not what you want to be, but be proactive and make sure you're not like them. And I think that was a really hard concept for him to understand. And I think he had a lot of growing to do as well. I mean, as we all do consistently, but it got to the point where I was like, okay, Mariah, like you have to love yourself more in this situation. There is potential where he can get better and he won't have these tendencies anymore. He won't act out of anger and after he's done being angry, realize what he has done and then feel bad and then do it again. Like you have to stop the cycle and that stops with him. And I remember I would sit him down so many times and I would just be like, can you please, please stop hitting me? Can you please stop talking to me this way? Like I, it, it's killing me. I, I can't do it any longer. Like I love you, but I can't do this. And I think that was a really hard conversation to have with him consistently over and over again. And I remember it got to the point where, like, I didn't, I did not know what to do. Like, I did not, I tried everything to help this person, and I was still getting my ass kicked. (laughs) And so I eventually reached out to his mom. And his mom was just like, your son hits me. He hits me. And I don't know what to do. I need your help. I I don't know what to do in this situation because I don't want it to get worse. I don't want my life to end. I don't want him to end up in prison. I don't want any of this. I just want to help him. And I need you to help me help him. And she looked at me and she goes, well, what do we do? And I said, well, I think it's because of his past, of his growing up. Like he needs to get therapy. He needs help. He needs to be self-aware of what he's doing and he can, you know, change the path that he's going down. And she goes, okay, you're right. You're right. Like I'll figure it out with his insurance. Like I, I will do it. Like, can you just do me a favor? And can you let me know when he does it again to you? And I go, yeah, absolutely. So we get home and it's the next day. And ironically enough, he hits me again the next day. And this time he had busted my lip open um, and he broke my ring finger. And I was just done. I remember taking the photos. I remember sending it to his mom. And I remember being like, he did it again. Like, 
can you come help me? So she shows up. I want to say like 25, 30 minutes later. She shows up, busting through the house. And I'm sitting, I remember we're in the room, and I'm sitting on the floor packing my clothes. And it, we finally reached that point of our fight where we're talking about it. We just need to, um, we're calming down. And he's apologizing. And she storms in, looks me in the eyes, and tells me I'm toxic, tells me I'm bad for him. And she 100% takes his side. And that took me by surprise. I was like, woman, I, I literally just told you that your son beats my ass. You can see my lip is bleeding right now. And you can see that my finger is freaking broken. And you're going to sit here and blame me for this as I'm asking you for help because your son wants to hit women. Like, I was so upset in that moment. And I'm like, you enable him. You are enabling every single thing that he's doing right now. And you're not getting on to him. And then... I snapped on her. I don't remember exactly what I said, but I went off on this lady. And it got to the point where he was crying, she was crying, and I'm just straight face like, fuck all of you. Like, I'm done. And he stormed out, she stormed out, and I remember the sister sat on the bed with me, and she's like, I know my brother does this to you. You need to leave. Like, I'm so sorry. Like, and I apologize for, like, yelling at her mom. <laughs> and she... She's like, no, she deserves it. Like, this is so messed up in all shape and form. And I just really appreciated his older sister because she was awesome in that moment. And I felt heard and seen by one of his family members. And it was hard. It's, it's hard to even reach out to a family member and be like, hey, like, you're doing this to me. So rooting back to basically what I was talking about, I believe abuse happens because people aren't healed from their trauma or they don't know how to comprehend and it's what they were taught in the environment they were put in as a child. And I remember like learning attachment styles in psychology and you really like form your own attachment style and the way you do relationships, um, platonic and like relationships um and you create this whole perception based off of what you either didn't receive or what you did receive and you run with it so I believe that people have two choices in life uh they can if they were put in a really bad environment as a kid they can be like yeah I do not want to be that I do not want to do that I'm going to learn from this and I'm going to do the complete opposite and become better and stop the cycle or you can just like push it aside push in the closet close the door lock it up and feel numb on the situation but subconsciously being exactly your parent so I feel like you need to take some type of accountability at some point and be like hey I can't act this way can't be this way and so you're not hurting other people based off of your own trauma and obviously like there's so much with trauma there's there's so many little details in it that I can't just explain it all on a podcast but that's what I truly believe I mean I haven't really looked it up and like oh what's the stats on this and but this is just from my own personal experience and what I've realized 
in all of that. So I think whatever cards you're dealt, you can decide how you play them. And I think a lot of men out there were put in bad environments. They're not bad people, but they do bad things because that's what they know. And it's really sad. And I think also men and mental health is a huge crisis in today's society where if you are vulnerable, if you start crying, if you talk about your feelings, if you do any of this stuff, like you're not masculine enough. You're not, you're not strong enough. You're not a man. And I think that's not true, but these people believe this. And so sometimes it results to abuse and they hit their girlfriend or their wife or their sister or their mom or whomever. And they do that to prove like, I'm the man, I'm stronger than you. But that has so much more than what it leads to. So that's where it was really hard for me when I was going through this relationship because I saw the good sides of him. I saw how great he was and like how goofy he could be in our relationship outside of the abuse. And then when the abuse came, it did suck. And then when it was good, it was really good. And when it was bad, it was super bad. And I think that was always hard for me because it's like, I get it. I know why you are this way. And I felt like me understanding that really helps me through all of it, honestly, because now I'm like, okay, I'm not getting hit because I'm a bad person or because I deserve this. This is just a reaction to the action that he was dealt when he was a kid. Um, and so, like, I, I felt peace in that because I knew I wasn't getting hit because I did something wrong but and or because I'm a bad person or because I deserved it. But it was just a result of his own unsolved trauma. And it's really sad to think about that. So I don't think this guy is horrible. I don't think he's a bad person. I think he just makes really poor choices in life. And whenever he's handed tools, he doesn't use them effectively or even try to become self-aware because he doesn't want to dig up that box that he buried a long time ago. And it's really sad because his life could be completely different right now if if him or even his family helped me get him the help he needed before it was too late. And so I think that's just like, it's just upsetting to know that as well, but it also brings me peace because I was never the true issue. And it was just something that he hasn't dealt with in his childhood. So that kind of goes into the cycle of abuse and that also goes into like why I stayed for so long and I just had so much hope and I just wanted to help him and I think that's also hard for other survivors because maybe they don't they have not come to this conclusion like I have and they put the blame on them and they feel shameful that they went through this and they're like no I deserve this or no, I did this, and so he reacted this way, and that's my fault. No, it's not. It's really not. And I think the more people understand that there's more reasoning as to why people become abusive or are abusive or do these things, it's not because they're a bad person. It's because 
these are the cards they were dealt, and this is how they decided to play them. I hope this episode today brought a lot of clarity for those that didn't understand why people are stuck in an abusive relationship, and I hope they are able to understand what the cycle of abuse is, and it's more than just abuse when you're in these relationships as well, and it's rooted from their partner and the environment that they grew up in and how it's really hard to care and love for somebody and see the potential that they have and falling in love with the potential but not falling in love with who they actually are. And it's hard because when you're in these relationships, you want to change this person. You want to make them better. That's that's part of being in one. You grow with one another. But if that person is not growing or becoming self-aware of what they're doing, then it's never going to be solved. So I hope that just brought a little bit more clarity for survivors and for them to understand that you don't need to hold that burden. You don't need to hold the shame or believe that you really deserved it when in reality you were never the issue in the first place. You were just receiving the reaction from the abuse they endured in their past or the trauma that they had in their past and they don't know how to cope with it. So I think it will be interesting for next episode. I plan on bringing on another survivor and talking about their own story, how they got into it, how they got out, and hopefully we can get just a different perspective other than mine. So stay tuned and let's get shipwrecked.